no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. to the Bears Central. On today's show, I break down the first wave of Bears free agency and discuss the departure of David Montgomery. All this you can tell by that open. Your boy Perez is running solo. The homie A-Dub, he's covering another event. But man, I got you guys covered here on this episode here today. I'm just going to get straight to it. David Montgomery. Bears fans, listeners of the Bears Central's podcast, you guys know what David Montgomery means to both of us here on this platform. This guy was the heart and soul of this team, the centerpiece of this offense for years. Great guy in the locker room, great guy in the community. I could go on and on and on and on. When you talk about building a culture, a guy like 32 epitomizes what you want on your team, what you want in your locker room. Never made it about himself, never brought up his contract when anyone talked to him about his contract. This guy was the first person to remind you he wanted to be here, but he's going to let his agent and Ryan Poles deal with that. He didn't want to be a distraction to the team. You can't have enough people like that, especially in this day and age when we all know the NFL is such a business. I mean, shit, it stands for not for long, and that's for a reason. As a running back in the NFL, and especially a running back with David Montgomery's running style, we know that this guy runs between the tackles hard, breaks tackles, takes a lot of contact, doesn't shy away from the contact. He ain't running out of bounds. He's not ducking the smoke. But see, that type of running style leads to injuries. And that was one of the things that I think the reason why a lot of people devalue David Montgomery here as a bear is they talked about, oh, well, he can't stay healthy. He doesn't have breakaway speed. Well, everyone always wants to pick apart about what the person doesn't do. But what about what he did do? And what he did do was when he strapped on that fucking helmet, he went out there and played his ass off. He ran the ball hard. He did what he was supposed to do. He passed protect for his quarterback. One of the best in the league. If you watch the film, you'll see what he did to help Justin out. There were so many times, man, Justin would have had more sacks if not for 32 back there pass pro. And I know a lot of people will sit here and, and we'll all say, Khalil Herbert, hey, the guy's the future. Yeah, he is. He's the future at the position. But he is not really good at pass pro. And that's the area of his game that I hope that he's cleaning up. And I hope that he watches a lot of film of David Montgomery and see what David Montgomery did in the Bears uniform, because that's going to be very helpful for us. Getting back to the idea of what he did well. What he did well is he led by example. He was the guy that wanted to be here. The running back tradition here in Chicago, you guys already know what it is. I don't even have to go there. But when you look at Dave Montgomery, okay, he may not line up with a, with a Forte. He may not line up with a Payton. When I look at a guy like Montgomery, I look at him like, hey, Neil Anderson was a solid running back who was a damn good player here in Chicago. And I look at David Montgomery, and I'm like, hey, you're right there with a Neil Anderson in my book. He didn't get a lot of years here. He didn't get a lot of chances to put up a lot of yards here in the Bears' pantheon of running backs. But i tell you one thing. When it's all said and done, this is a guy right here. The Bears fans, we're going to be remembering him. And unfortunately, 
We're going to see him in a Detroit Lions jersey. We're going to see him in our division. And we already know what's going to happen when the Bears play the Lions. You already know what 32 is going to do out there on the field. And it pains my heart that I have to see him do that shit twice a year against our Bears. I hate that I got to root against the guy two times a year. Because I love the kid. Love everything that he's about. But I also love the fact that he now has generational wealth for him and his family. And as running back in this league, you got to make sure when your earning potential is at its highest, that you're able to cash out. And I love the fact that David Montgomery was able to do that. $18 million from the Lions? Mercy. He wasn't getting that here in Chicago. Ryan Poles wasn't going to give him that. Dante Foreman, who they brought in here to potentially replace David Montgomery, they brought him in on a $3 million deal. Looking at that signing when you bring in a Dante Foreman, that's a hell of a pickup by Ryan Poles. Bringing him in here for $3 million, a guy that has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder to say he came here with the mindset that the job was going to be his. And I feel like if I'm Khalil Herbert and I'm hearing a guy coming in there talking like that, I'm being my, I'm going to be in my playbook. I'm going to do some extra reps. I need to get out there with Justin to start fucking getting ready for this season. Because there's a guy that's coming in here and he realizes that he's got an opportunity. And I hope that not just Khalil Herbert, but I hope that a lot of people on this team realize that with the culture that they're trying to build here in Chicago is one of competition and for guys to realize if you're not ready to take advantage of the opportunity, somebody else is going to come in and take that shit from you. And when Dante Foreman got there and spoke at that presser, I loved everything that he had to say. Because I know some people were sitting here, they're like, oh, man, now he realized that he's just a backup. Well, if somebody just comes in and they just accept that, hey, I'm going to be a number two behind someone, do you really want that person on your team? See, we should want the guy that's coming in here hungry and chomping at the bit. And when you look at Dante Foreman on, on film, you realize this is a hell of a fucking running back. Explosive runner. I'm glad he got out of Carolina. Because now he's on a team that's going to utilize his strengths. We saw what we did with the running game last year. With Montgomery, with Herbert, with Justin. Now what Ryan Poles did here in this first wave of free agency was sign it for him, which sign it Travis Homer. You have rounded out that running back room, and it looks pretty damn good. Because if I'm looking at a running back room that's got Khalil Herbert, Dante Foreman, Travis Homer, and Travis Homer, he does things that Foreman and Herbert can't do. He catches the ball out of the backfield well. That's a third down back if I haven't seen one. He has a skill set that those two guys don't have. One, two, whether it's Foreman or Herbert or Herbert or Foreman, you got two strong runners right there. You got two guys that can hit the fucking hole and make something happen. I really love what Ryan Poles did here with this running back room. In Carolina, Foreman didn't have much of an opportunity because guess who he was playing behind? He was playing behind Christian McCaffrey. He didn't really start to get a chance until Christian McCaffrey was traded, and then you see the breakout happen. And that's why a guy like Dante Foreman is dangerous because he was chomping at the bit behind McCaffrey. Now he's coming in Chicago and he realized, okay, they got a guy. But in his mind, he's like, he ain't no Christian McCaffrey. So Dante Foreman coming in here, Khalil, for your job. You know what I'm saying? It's time for you to rise to the occasion. The parts of your game that people have picked apart, brother, it's time to get in that lab and clean that up. Because like I said, Dante Foreman. He's not playing any games. 
And I think DeForman could be a similar player to what we had out of David Montgomery. Now, I'm not going to compare the two like that. What I'm saying is, is that running style, potentially, we could be looking at the same type of guy. The committee approach is probably what we're looking at here in Chicago. And I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? If I'm getting Herbert 15 carries, if I'm getting Foreman 10 carries, if we're getting some snaps for Homer there and he's making plays there on third down, I like it. I like what they're doing here with this offense. But what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of guys being incorporated. And that's key. Now, I talked about Travis Homer a second ago. Because we saw last year when Herbert went down, when Montgomery went down, we didn't have a lot of depth of, at the position. You know, we were trying out Ebner. We were trying out Evans. And no disrespect to those two guys, but I just thought, man, that was a position that showed you right there that we need to get a little bit more depth. And when you get a guy like Homer coming in here on that two-year deal, loved it. Great move. Special teams. That's another area where Homer can help us out. But then I talked about the pass pro. That's an area where he's going to come in here and do things better than potentially what our number one guy, Khalil Herbert, can do. A lot of what I've seen Bears fans doing on Twitter when they kind of looked at these moves, they're, they're, they're poo-pooing the moves and while Homer's not a big name. We got to look beyond the name of the player and look at what the player can do. Look at that ability. Because as I talked about with the pass protection, that was a major issue last year. When you sign a guy like this, that's one of his key areas that he can come in. So now you got a player that's coming in on third down that can leak out of the backfield and make a play. But then also, if you need him to stand there and put his helmet on somebody and keep the quarterback clean, he could do so. So I honestly, when I looked at that signing by polls, I said, you know what? You did a great job bringing in Foreman and a great job of bringing in Homer. I love those signings. You know, and, and my thing is, audience, we got to realize, I know a lot of you are pushing back and saying, oh, well, Poles is talking about, you know, you're not going to get everything in this, this one-off season. Well, most of us know that that was the case. But I like what they're building here. I like the chances that he's taking because when you look at the guy that we talked about last week on the show, Demarcus Walker, when you look at the signing of bringing him in here, it might be a gamble to some. Had great production last year on a Titans defense that wasn't a juggernaut. You're coming to Chicago with more talent, a huge opportunity. I only can see the progression getting even bigger. I feel like with Ryan Poles, what he prioritizes is guys that he sees on the way up. He's kind of saying, you know what? I see that this player is ascending. We want to get that person at the place that they're at now, and we're going to ride that wave. I'm good with that. Dante Foreman, that may be one of the more underrated signings in this in this damn class outside of Demarcus Walker, to me at least. Because when I look at Foreman and I look at that skill set, I look at what he put on film last year for the Panthers, sign me up. Bears fans, you're going to love the way he runs the football. Him and Kalua Herbert, that's going to be a nice little one-two punch. It's going to be great. Now, staying on the offensive side of the ball, former Green Bay Packer Robbie Tonyan, another hometown kid coming in here. But at that tight end position, we know what we have potentially in Cole Komet, right? Cole Komet, I feel like the potential is just oozing. It's just, it's, just, it's, it's just getting ready to blow up. But the depth behind him at the position wasn't the strongest, in my opinion. Now you get a guy like Robert Tanyan coming here, who I loved in Green Bay. I didn't say I love Green Bay. I said I loved what he did for the Packers. 
the Gaza Rizzo threat, giving him another, giving Justin Fields another option in the red zone, an area that we struggle with from time to time if Justin's not using his legs, right? So now we got a guy down there that can make a play in the red zone for you. Very smart signing by Ryan Poles. Because here in Chicago, they're not going to be asking him to create mismatches like they would a Cole Komet. But what they are going to ask him to do is do what he does best. The guy has really good hands, right? So the catch rate's going to be there. So this just gives Justin Fields another weapon there in that offense, which I'm very excited about. But the downside to a signing like this is that Robert Tunyon is not good at pass pro. He's not good as a run blocker. So the Bears could be exposed there when he's out there on the field, which for me, that's why I'm kind of looking at him more as that red zone threat. But again, I like the signing. I thought it was a smart signing. You know what I mean? One-year deal. You know, it's, it's low risk associated with the deal. And at this stage of free agency, I mean, that's what you're going to see. A lot of those deals, they're going to be in that type of variety. P.J. Walker. This signing right here really put a smile on my face because if you guys remember, A-Dub and I talked about it at the end of the season. We said, we got to get a backup quarterback in here so that in case Justin does get hurt, you don't have to change your offense for the backup. Because when Justin was out and Simeon came in, those guys have two different skill sets. Obviously, <laughs> Simeon is no Justin Fields. But the point is, neither is PJ, but they have the same skill set. So meaning, if something happens to Justin, PJ can come in here, run the system seamlessly. Great signing by Ryan Pulse. This is another former Carolina Panther that got extended playing time last year, and he showed you some of that ability. He showed you what he could do. When I was doing some film study on Foreman, I was watching P.J. Walker as well, and I'm like, damn, I didn't realize how good of an arm that he has. We already know that he can extend plays. He's, that's, that's been his calling card. But just like Justin, that ability to make something out of nothing was what made this signing a no-brainer. I absolutely love this move because when you look at some of these backups that we've had in the past, Simeon, Nathan Peterman, Tim Boyle, get these guys out of my face. We need a guy that's going to be able to make some shit happen, especially if the offensive line is still going to be a concern because, honest, I know when you guys are looking at the moves that Ryan Poles is making, a lot of people feel the way that they feel about the offensive line. Rightfully so. I mean, right now you're looking at an offensive line that has Braxton Jones, Nate Davis, Cody Whitehair, Tevin Jenkins, and then we don't know what the fuck's going to happen at right tackle. More than likely, I mean, if I was a betting man, I would probably say that that first-round draft pick is probably going to be a, tight, uh, a tackle, whether it's Paris Johnson, whether it's the kid from Northwestern. You know, we still have more time to see what happens with these pro days, but right now that's our offensive line. And a lot of people are concerned by that. I still think that we need to give Ryan Pohl some time. I know Bears fans are happy with the moves to a degree, right? I know that you guys love the trade and what he did with the number one pick, but I know there's a lot of people that are like, hey, we still got all this money. What's he doing? I'm still going to give this guy time to do his job. Because the worst thing that he could do is squander the money in free agency. Because if you look at the deals that he's made, He's been trying to put money in the right places. T.J. Walker, that's one of those ones that I'm like, yes, great son, great move. Loved it. Like I said, right up there with what they did with Dalton Foreman. 
You ain't getting any complaints from your boy Prez on that. On the defensive side of the ball, going after Andre Billings, another under-the-radar signing. I know a lot of people last season was like, on the interior of this damn defense, we need to beef things up. Well, right here in free agency, he addressed that. In Matty Bufflus' defense, this guy's going to be your one technique. We already have Justin Jones that's going to be back next season. And as I mentioned a second ago, well, Billy's coming in and potentially serving as that one technique for Matt Eberflus. I feel like this move by Ryan Poles was great because now your run defense has improved. What did we say on this show all last season about our run defense? It was leaky. Hopefully a guy like this is going to come in here. He's going to plug up the holes that was out there. What we did with that linebacker position, we upgraded that entire room. We had one of the worst run defenses in the league last year. Get back to being a Bears defense that prided itself on stopping the run. I don't know what that defense was last year. It wasn't no Bears defense. What you're seeing with Ryan Poles in free agency is you're seeing a guy who prioritizes scheme and value. And so when I look at a lot of these players that are coming in here, that's what I'm seeing. That's what I really like. Fuck all these flashy names. I know everybody wanted Orlando Brown Jr. Hey, guys got pedigree. You know what I mean? Good player. But I wasn't interested at that price tag. And so I know a lot of us want the instant gratification. But I really feel like what he's doing in free agency, if we just let him cook and let him do what he's going to do, we'll be fine. I think a lot of us have to just sit back and not just expect the worst. While we all love this team. It is fair to be critical of this team. Shit. We had an awful season. That shit sucked. But I don't want to make the same mistakes that have been made in the past that put us back into a position like we've been here. So if that means that he has to do this thing the right way and maybe it takes the next offseason for him to really finally get all the pieces in place, then I'm all fucking for it. I don't want... Some person that's going to fucking put smoke and mirrors in front of me and tell me, oh, yeah, I fixed all the problems in this one-off season, and then the shit is still fucking a failure. Then the shit's still fucked up. No, that's what we were used to. We got a guy that's coming in here that's doing things, I think, instinctively, but I also think we got a guy that's coming in here that has a fucking plan. So I'm going to let him roll his plan out and continue to build on it. Now, I know there's some people that are basketball fans that listen to the show, and they're going to be like, hey, but some people said the same thing about Mark Eversley and AK. Yeah, they did. And I understand that a lot of people preach patience with those two when they were trying to construct the Bulls and get them on these reboot. I don't know if that's wishful thinking or just me being hopeful, but like I said, I like the moves that are being made. I support the moves. I know a lot of people push back and they say, well, free agency last year was a bust. Well, I'm not talking about last season. I'm talking about right now. And what he's done this offseason, I'm for it. I'm with it. He Ryan Poles just talked about how he was thinking about doing multiple trade downs in his first round. That was what his mindset was. Now think about that if he was able to pull that shit off. That would have been ridiculous. Based on the way that these quarterbacks performed at the combine, Ryan Poles didn't want to mess things up because all it takes is a bad pro day for teams to shy away from someone. 
So he struck while the iron was hot. And again, we all applauded the Carolina Panthers trade. So let's keep that same energy when it comes to this free agency class. And he's not done yet. He's the guy that told you that he enjoys shopping in that second and third wave of free agency. Okay, let's go. Game on. Let's get it. Let this man cook. Let him do what he's going to do. Dylan Cole is one of the guys that's now coming in the second wave. And I'm telling you, he is raining the Panthers and the Titans because now this is a former Tennessee Titan that's coming in here. And Dylan Cole is a big-time special teams player to shore up an area that we were not as strong at last year. But Dylan Cole now provides depth at that linebacker position. And that's why I'm like looking at this linebacker spot and I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, audience and fans of this team, you can say, I want more to happen with the defensive line. I want more to happen with the offensive line. Rightfully so. But I'm looking at what he's done with this linebacker room. Now, some people may say, well, Prez, you know, these, these off-the-ball linebackers, they're not that prioritized in this league. Well, I'd much rather have the two guys that they brought in here to shore up that linebacker room than against anything that we had last season out there. I'll tell you that much. And that's no disrespect to Nicholas Morrow, who I thought did a solid job. But we've upgraded the position group. And I'm good with that. Again, Dylan Cole, an impact special teams contributor, is going to come in here and make things happen. This is a guy that you're going to see, Bears fans. He's going to make plays instantly for that unit. Matt Adams, who left via free agency, Dylan Cole should be able to slide in and replace him. And I would just say you can never have enough of these high-motor, high-energy players, especially on your special teams unit. My boy Sanborn is what I think about when I see how Dylan Cole plays out there. A guy that's flying around the football field and ready and willing to hit somebody. But again, every player has their weaknesses, right? When you look at a guy like Dylan Cole, the guy's flying around with his hair on fire. He has a tendency to overrun plays. When you think about what he brings to the table, that is perfect for a special teams player to have a guy coming in with that type of skill set. Your defense... It could lead to some breakdowns. However, good coaching, maybe that could get coached out of. But love this move for what it does to upgrade our special teams unit. And now when you look at this upcoming draft, that Ryan Poles has some time with the media, and he kind of left some clues of kind of what his thinking was. And it could be a situation where we may see Ryan Poles trade up into that second round a little bit. Because we know after nine, and we talked about it on last week's show. It's going to be a bit of time before the Bears pick again. Now, in Ryan Poe's first draft, a lot of you will recognize that he did a lot of movement backwards in the draft. But I think this year's going to be the other way around. When you have draft gaps like that, they can be troublesome because a lot of times, hey, you could be missing out on a lot of talent. And again, we all know that the Bears have issues there, defensive end and tackle. And also an offensive tackle. I talked to you guys about that, how the offensive line room looks right now. And as of as of this particular moment, hey, there's a major hole over there at right tackle. Shit, some of you may even say there's one at center. And see, the reason why I'm hoping that Ryan Post does trade up and, and get a couple opportunities to get up a little higher in the second round is because there's some guys there on the defensive front that I think can really help him out. Out of Bore, as I talked to you guys about before, Kalija Kansi, 
These are guys that I think could be for the taking there in that second round. These are explosive three techniques, guys. And in the case of Adebore, he's got the potential to be able to play end as well. And there's no way by the time the Bears would pick at 53 that either of those guys are going to be there. I mean, shit, they're saying that Kansi, they're saying that Kansi potentially could be a top 20 pick. So that just goes to show you that I think Ryan Poles is going to have to be aggressive and trade up a little bit into that, into that second round. I don't think that he can afford to sit back and watch his guys get snatched off the board. And then the number one thing is, what are they going to do with number nine? Is it going to be one of the tackles that I talked about, Paris Johnson? Is it going to be the kid for Northwestern? Do they go after their edge rusher? Miles Murphy, Tyree Wilson. Do they take a chance on Jalen Carter if he drops to them at nine? I know a lot of people have been wanting to get my thoughts on that. And for a while there, I thought, well, maybe he might fall off the Bears draft board. But then when I saw that Ryan Poles is going to have an interview with Jalen Carter, I think they're going to try to do their due diligence on the kid. I don't think that he's off their draft board. Now, I've gone back and forth on this. And I'm not going to get into the off-the-field portion of things because, to be honest, I don't know enough details about what he did or didn't do. That's for law enforcement to figure that part out. The thing that really concerned me was seeing how he came into his pro day out of shape, unprepared. Now, what I could say is he's got all this shit going on in his personal life, and he's a 20, 21-year-old kid. He's got a lot that he's going through, got a lot on his mind. A teammate died. But at the end of the day, this right now is your biggest job interview. You got generational wealth in front of you. If you can't get prepared and be prepared for that type of moment, then I don't know if Chicago is the place for a kid like that. Now, a lot of people may disagree. They may say, Chris, go get him. I would just say for me personally, he wouldn't be on my draft board. I hope he's taking the steps in his personal life to get his mind right, to take advantage of this opportunity, and to put that shit in his rearview mirror, to not involve himself in situations that are going to cause harm for himself or anyone else. I hope that Jalen is taking the time right now to get things cleaned up in his personal life, to get the help that he needs. Because we're talking about a 21-year-old kid here, that this is a person. Yeah, he made a mistake, but he's still a person at the end of the day. Now, if you want to know my opinion about the draft board, he'd be off mine, but I would just hope that he's doing better. I really do. One last opinion on Ryan Posen, one thing that, that stood out to me with his approach to free agency. It appears that Ryan Poles knows that, hey, there's some guys out here in this free agency that they're just looking for the bag. I think that he realized that there's a lot of players out here. They're looking for that bag. I mean, and, and, and I can't knock guys for wanting to get paper. But I think what Ryan Poles is trying to prioritize are guys that want to be here in Chicago, that want to be a part of something great. And in addition to that, get paid, right? But... I think that he wants to know that you want to actually be a Chicago Bear first and foremost over, hey, we're going to be at this team to, to secure your services, right? Because that's what you see in free agency a lot of times is like this is a player that, hey, this is my market value and I'm just going to use teams against each other to outbid each other to keep driving my price up. It seems like Ryan Poles didn't allow himself to get played during free agency. We've seen that in the past <laughs> where our former GMs, have been bitten against themselves. 
But Ryan Poe's approach was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I want to sit down with you and know that you want to be a part of something great here, part of something that we're building here. And to a man, every guy that they asked that came in here have talked about how they're excited to be here in Chicago, how they're excited about the prospect of what Justin Fields has to offer. That, to me, is huge. That's progress over what we've seen in the past. And you got to think about it. Ryan Poles is no different than any other GM out there. You don't want to be overspending. Just because you have it don't mean you should spend it. I mean, look at the market for McGlinchey. There were so many people out here that wanted the Bears to, to go get him. And, and I, I like and I like the prospect of a McGlinchey being in Chicago, but not for the price that he went for. I feel like guys like McGlinchey and McGlair. These were guys that I feel like they were intrigued with the opportunity to play in Chicago. But I don't think they were committed to that idea because when you look at what those two were paid, what McGarry got for the Falcons and what McGlinchey got in free agency, we weren't touching that. We weren't coming near that. And Ryan Poles moved on. And I'm okay with that. I'm curious to see what the next moves are. What are they going to do in the draft? How are they going to shore up the offensive line? How are they going to shore up the defensive line? I think the biggest thing right now is just the, the fan base and the NFL realizes the Bears got $40 million in salary cap space. But again, my motto is just because you got it don't mean you need to use it up. You got some guys here on this team that you're going to have to extend, whether it's a Darnell Mooney, whether it's a Cole Komet. Now, I know there's some people out here that may say, I don't think Darnell Mooney is going to be extended. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Because I think now that Darnell Mooney is in his rightful position, you're going to see his value again. Because when teams last season bracketed him and, and took him out of games, he showed you right there. He wasn't a number one receiver. Fine. But he's a, still a hell of a fucking football player. And I think that by putting him back in a position where he's going to be able to succeed, you're going to see his true market value. And I hope it's somebody that Ryan Poles finds a way to, to get back here in the fold. Cole Komet, same way. Let's find a way to extend those guys. I'm just really excited for the second and third wave of free agency. I'm excited for this draft. There's so much talent in this draft. And honestly, the prospect of Ryan Poles trading up into that second round a little bit, it, it makes me happy, right? Because when I look at the guys that are there in the spots where we, we have draft picks. So when you look at nine, there's some, some guys there that I'm like, okay, that's a guy that we could plug in potentially. Then when I look at some guys, if you trade back up into that second round, I'm like, ooh, there's some guys right there that can help on that defensive line. So you have some talent, but it's just when you have those gaps in between picking is the part that, that is concerning. So all this, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, those are my thoughts on the first wave of free agency. My thoughts on David Montgomery. Definitely going to miss him and everything that he brought to the table. It's going to suck seeing him playing with the Detroit Lions and playing against him two times a year. Ugh, I'm already having to gear up with that. But that was a sad time to see that he left. I think Ryan Poles deserves some patience from the fan base. He's got a plan. Let's let him execute that plan. We'll be back next week. My boy A-Dub will be back. Until then, this is the Bear Essentials. Thanks for listening, and we are out.